Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. There's no Lube, there's no Defoe. There's a lot of Luby. Actually, probably not that much Luby either. Today, our special guest, amongst other things, actually two special guests today on After Hours, is first we'll introduce, you've heard a lot about her wherever we are, whether it's After Hours or a morning show, my wife, Shirley Reyes. Uh, we, had to, we didn't bring her off the bench. We brought her in to shine as we're talking with the first African-American woman to travel the globe, literally visit every single country. Thank you to the National Geographic photographer, expert, now author of the Catch Me If You Can, One Woman's Journey to every country in the world. We talked to Jessica Nabongo this morning afternoon. Good morning. Good afternoon, Ms. Jessica Nabongo. How you doing? Thank you so much for being here. I, reading your book, absolutely loved everything about it. Um, love the beautiful photography, loved your backstory, but I don't think anybody else has heard your backstory. So do you want to do a quick intro? I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> I'm like, eh, quick intro. Let me see how I can run this. How down. did this all so, get started? How did you get started into not only traveling? Cause my, my wife loves traveling. She eventually turned it into sort of business. How did your love of travel become sort of work, sort of a profession? Yeah, so I mean, I think I think there's some misconceptions, but I am an American-born Ugandan, as I say. I was born in Detroit, and I've been traveling internationally since I was four. So, grew up. I'm a geography nerd. Um, had lots of books in the house, encyclopedias, globe, atlases. Um, my parents love to travel. So, by the time I graduated from high school, I'd been to eight countries, and everything just went on from there. I my first job out of college was a corporate job. I worked it for two years and decided I didn't want to do it anymore. So I shaved my head and I moved to Japan. And that's really, Japan, I think, was country number 10 that I visited. And that's where things kicked off. And I think at that point, I was living abroad and I stayed abroad for seven years wow. um, and obviously did a ton of travel during that time. 2009, I started my travel blog. The Catch Me If You Can, which I never even monetized, by the way. Oh, wow. um, so that's the thing. I'm like, I'm not super great at that part of it. Yeah, I never monetized my blog. I still don't 
think, yeah, I definitely don't earn any money from my blog to this day. That, I'm like, that's something that's beyond my comprehension. Um, but what I did do was I traveled because I love to travel and I'm a storyteller. So I love to tell stories and, and that's what I did, you know? So for me, it wasn't like getting paid to travel because I didn't get paid to travel for a really long time. Right. But I always assumed I did. I worked and usually I was working in the beginning, I was working nine to fives and travel was important. So I prioritized it. Right. And during the book, you talk about even being an entrepreneur while you were traveling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, remote work. And building a business mm -hmm. while traveling. How was that? I, it, building a business is hard enough. Traveling to 196. My wife's being modest. She literally did the same thing. She started a business and then traveled for fun and made that a business. Not to this extent. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. She comes from an expert <laughs> opinion and that's interesting. Right. I love it. I'm like, don't downplay yourself. Yeah. I mean, so the thing was in the beginning, I was working for the UN and I was working remotely. Oh, wow. So I had just a regular job and, you know, I had my salary and I wasn't paying for housing. So I was a digital nomad in 2013 before that was a thing. Before that was cool. I didn't even start my business until 2015. Oh, wow. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, you just take your laptop everywhere. And as long as you have your phone and internet, you make it happen. That's amazing. And what, how did you go from, I want to be a digital nomad, I would like to travel, to I want to travel to every country in the world? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dramatic pause. Um, well, I, honestly, I've been wanting to travel to every country since my early 20s. And like, if you go all the way back in my blog, you'll see every year I used to do a year-end wrap-up and I was always filling in the little map or whatever. Um, but it was in, I was in Bali in 2017 and that was country number 60. And I w decided I wanted to do it, um, by my 35th birthday. So I gave myself a deadline. So I had two and a half years to visit 135 new countries. Whew, that's a lot. Well, and that's where I want to move next. And I love my wife's asking you because this is what she asks me every day. How can we do this for a job? So I appreciate she's trying to help those out there do this. I'm I want to know about your travels because you literally been to, she's already in, I've only been with her five years. We've been to like 10 countries in the five years. So to go to every single country, and I think she's been to over 50. What are some of the, the highlights? I know you've mentioned you highlight over a hundred of the places you've been in the book. What are some of the highlights in our 10 minute conversation that you'd love to share with people? Um, I'm like, okay, Sudan is the country with the most pyramids in the world. Oh, wow. And I had an incredible time there. And I think, you know, the book, and I question a lot about how do we choose the winners and losers in tourism, right? Because Egypt gets all these tourists, but Sudan has more and older pyramids than Egypt. Very um, I loved, um, I loved Afghanistan. I had a beautiful experience there. So, you know, part of the reason I chose some of these countries is to help humanize these countries in a way that many people have never seen them before. Um, right. Like who's seen beautiful images from Yemen, you know, but now you have that in a book published yeah. on National Geographic and written by a black woman, quite frankly, you know, it's just something that we don't see. And so that's why I think the book is important. Um, and then I think I'm like, what do I want to give y'all favorite beaches, Maldives, um, Antigua, Anguilla, best food for me, Trinidad and Tobago, Georgia, Senegal, um, best landscapes, Namibia, uh, Brazil, where else? Yeah. So those are some of the highlights. Fantastic. Uh, babe, all places we haven't been to. Yeah, so if thank you, you. want to add that to the Thanks, list. Jessica. 
<laughs> I wanna hear, I'm like, I want to hear from Shirley. Like, what was your favorite story that you've read so far? So I actually really highlighted. It's interesting because you're, you know, you're a black woman. I'm also a person of color. Mm-hmm. We don't get enough opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think part of what I hear, even from my family members, is is it safe to travel as mm-hmm. much as you do? And one of the things that I that was really jarring to me is that your worst experience was in Miami. Ah, of course. Do you wanna, We're out of South Florida. I know. You want to do it. And it was traumatizing. Like I was reading it and I was thinking, oh my God, this is traumatizing. Yeah. My point. Yeah, I love that. Um, so what she's referencing is that I was in Miami, I was staying at my friend's house. And um, one of my friend's neighbors called the police and told them that I was breaking into his house. And the police came in with their guns drawn. They didn't come in and ask, oh, wait, excuse me, what's going on? They came in and I had a gun in my face at point blank range. Oh, wow. That didn't happen to me in Iraq. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I think the biggest thing that I learned in this journey um, is that most people are good. You know, most people are not racist or misogynist or homophobic or any of that stuff, both in the U.S. and abroad. Um, But for me, I traveled to 89 countries solo and I came out alive. And so it's important to remember, like, my journey was made beautiful by the kindness of strangers, you know. And so I hope that that really comes across in the book, because I think it's important. I can travel anywhere in the world because I'm not afraid of strangers. And once you're not afraid of strangers, you're not afraid of people. What is there to be afraid of? Like, you think the tree is going to hurt you? No. (laughs) So, yeah, once you really, like, believe that and feel that and move with that energy, then you can go anywhere in the world. And, okay, really quickly, it's funny. I was going to South Sudan. Okay. A friend of mine connected me with someone they knew at the U.S. Embassy who used to work at the embassy in Juba. And, you know, I'm like, hey, any recommendations for restaurants, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, this is not a game. You cannot come to Juba. It's unsafe. Da, 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 da. I was like, uh. and he was telling me all these things that were happening. I was like, oh my God, the world, isn't it such a shame what's happening in the world, both here, you know, in South Sudan and in the US as well. The world, you know, there's so so many bad things happening. Right. And so he got so mad, he left the group chat. And I went to Juba and I had another friend who connected me with some South Sudanese people. And I had such a beautiful time. You know, I never felt unsafe one time when I was in the country because I was moving with locals. I'm like, these people live here every single day, but you're coming in from the outside and you're viewing it, you know, with that American lens of it's a dangerous place. No country in the world is completely dangerous and no country in the world is completely safe. And we have to remember that. And I think what's interesting is, and I'm sure this has happened to you, is that you leave the United States and other countries actually think we're super dangerous too. Yes. Right? Because of all the news coverage that's happening. We are pretty super dangerous in the US. (laughs) We have to accept that. Like we're normalizing it, but it's like, you know, we're not thinking about Texas anymore. We're not thinking about Buffalo anymore because now it's been, what, a couple of weeks? It's out of our minds, you know? It's we're living with this, you know, constant trauma. We don't realize even what that's doing to us. And we're still like, no matter how bad it is in the U.S., it must be worse everywhere else. And I can tell you, it's really not like we're living in a crazy place. Right. Right. (laughs) Any last minute? I know we only have you for a couple more minutes. So any last minute uh, tips for people 
that are scared to travel, that don't know where to go, that don't know how to get started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, for me to travel means just to leave your house. So start small, mm -hmm. you know, start in a place that makes you comfortable. Get in your car and drive two hours north, south, east or west and explore what that is. The U.S. is one of my favorite cities to my favorite countries to visit, honestly, because it's so diverse. Yep. So explore your state, explore your region. In 2020, I drove 12,000 miles over four months just wow. visiting right. different states because right. the landscapes in the U.S., the national park. So there's so much to do right here. So start here and start small. Yeah. And that's I love that point, because I think when people hear it's good somewhere else, they think. There's people that will say, and they'll tack that, and they say, well, why don't you live there? Yeah. Right. Because we say that other places are also nice and beautiful doesn't mean we don't love our country where we live. Right, absolutely. And that there aren't beautiful places to explore here. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing, right. right? I think the U.S. can be very dangerous, but it's also one of my favorite countries to travel around, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Both things can be true at the same time. Look, the I, US is home. I, I haven't traveled it. like either of you. But it's funny, I, I went to Israel, right? And all you ever hear in America is about the bombings. I never felt so safe in my life as in Israel. They, you don't hear the robberies, the thievery, the, the common crimes that actually is what affects people on a day-to-day -day basis. And the, whatever the bombings are, they're usually very far away. Uh, before we let you go, the book is out. Catch me if you can. How can people find it? My wife's already had notes all through it. Um, I know. How can people I find it? That. How can I people get that. it? And uh, what are you? What's one of your last parting shots you want to talk about when it comes to the book itself? Yeah. So you can get the book. You can find links at thecatchmeifyoucan.com slash book. And I think the biggest thing that I want people to take away from this book is I want them to think differently about the world. So mm. the stories are funny. They will touch you. Somebody told me they already cried while reading it. Mm. Um, a lot of laugh out loud moments. So I really just hope that it makes people think differently about the world. And I'm going to be selfish and self-indulgent. We just came back from Greece. We are going to Morocco. I never had any visions of traveling to places like Thailand, Greece, and Morocco. What would you? What tip would you give to us going to Morocco in about four or five months? Okay, so Morocco definitely go to Chefchaouen, the Blue City. Definitely visit Fez and Marrakesh. Um, be careful in those markets; <laughs> they're gonna try to scam you. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Read the read the story about Morocco. Um, there's, I think there's probably some tips in there too. But uh, more importantly, just enjoy it. It's such a beautiful country. Jessica, thank Great. you so much. We are very honored, privileged to talk to you. Uh, check her out again. Uh, the catch me if you can also on Instagram and on uh, socials at Jessica Nabongo and the catch me if you can. Jessica, thank you so much for your time and hopefully we get to talk to you again soon. Yes. Thank you. so. Thank you, Jessica. Good luck. All righty, my love. I love you. Go back to work. Thank you for <laughs> sharing well, your time with me. I will say just kind of last minute statements about the book. Um, that I didn't really get to compliment her on, for, but for anybody who may be interested in getting it, one of the coolest things about this book is actually, first of all, it's big letters. It's all the amazing photography throughout, and she really does segment every chapter by country. So if you're planning on visiting a specific country, there are recommendations for restaurants, things to do, places to visit, etc. So if you are on Amazon, the Cash Move You Can book makes an amazing Decoration around the house and also travel guys. Before we let you go, I know you have a lot going on, my uh, business and travel guru. 
Uh, since she gave her travel tips, and you're always a friend, and everyone makes fun of you whenever we go somewhere. Oh, there's Shirley, again, talking traveling. Well, you love it, and you have sort of become an expert at it. What is something you'd like to share with people when it comes to travel? As we know, Defoe, who co-hosts this with me each and every day, just went on his first big trip. You were proud of him and Amazing. also made fun of him for waiting till so he was 70. Yeah. What's something you want to share with people, as I presume we'll have you back here on After Hours and also the morning show, and I'm sure you'll be doing other things with South Florida Live. What's something you'd like to share before we let you go? I would say the two things that I think everybody kind of gets stuck on is, number one, I'll travel later in life when I retire. And the fact is you don't have to wait to travel. You also don't have to go to these places for two or three weeks. I went to Paris for the weekend and had an amazing time with my best friend and got to explore really great restaurants and had really good, had really great food. It wasn't my first time in Paris, but you know, a weekend trip wasn't as hard as everybody makes it seem. And so if I can go to Paris for the weekend, you can go someplace for four to five days and have a wonderful time and explore it. Um, and I think the second thing that people kind of get stuck on is it's so expensive. And the fact is there are really cheap flights around the world and almost every country in the world is less expensive than the U.S. So if you're used to going out in the U.S. every weekend and doing weekend activities and getting weekend food, um, you're likely going to save money getting on a plane and getting out of here. So the fact is, I would say uh, travel while you can, when you can for the price that you can, and don't wait until later on when you have more money, when you have more time, when you have more freedom, because you are never guaranteed tomorrow anyway. So uh, you will never regret spending money on traveling. That is never going to happen. One thing I'll say, and those of you who roll their eyes at my wife, because you're like France and Greece. And actually, I did envision going to Greece, but I did not envision going to Thailand or Morocco or the other oh, or Jordan or wherever else we're going to go. But it always ends up being fun. The one thing I will say for uh, my wife that she's opened my eyes to, again, you're rolling your eyes, right? Okay, Greece. Okay, Luby, Greece. Uh, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> We just went to Disney. We went to Disney for two freaking days. We li This isn't like if you're in California. Going, We live within a car drive. The gas hadn't skyrocketed yet. Gas was not great, but not nuts, okay? We live within two hours. We only went for two days, okay? We, we went one day at Disney, stayed there two nights, okay? This is Disney. Not far from us. We didn't even, we don't eat a lot. We don't buy any, even with the kids, our nephews that went. We don't buy any gifts, none of that. We just do rides. Eat it. I think we eat one meal and a snack. As low budget as you can do it, I still spent, I think, half as much as I spent when we were just in Greece for 10 days. So that's something that she finally opened my eyes to, and we're trying to open. Her family's got it. My family doesn't. Our friends don't get it. And, and listeners and people who are, oh, Luby, you're the world traveler. Yeah, it's cheaper going to freaking Naples, going to Orlando, going to going, traveling in America as much as we love it. It's a lot more money. So there's nothing wrong with doing it, like Jessica said. But don't be scared to leave the country. Not because of the traveling, but the money aspect. The money aspect, and that comes into everyone's mind, is worse here. <laughs> like, if you actually put your mind to it and look, you spend, you do a lot more and spend a lot less right. when you go abroad. Oh, 100%. 100%. And going abroad is going to... Uh, it's going to be a better educational experience for everyone yeah. than going to Disney will ever be. This is different. Um, my sister would kill me because she could go to Disney every day. 
Well, thank you. Love you, my love. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us. This is Shirley Reyes, as you can see, at Chasing underscore Shirls. And she, if you ever need anything digital, by the way, she's a guru there as well. I love you. I'll talk to you later. The one and only Shirley Bye. Reyes, Lubitz. That was my heart and soul. <laughs> You hear a reference here a lot. <laughs> this is, by the way, it is After Hours. Defoe and Luby here. We are simulcasting on South Florida Live, our new channel. You can check us out each and every morning live right here. Those of you listening on After Hours, just search The Defoe Show with Luby. Search South Florida Live. Uh, Facebook, at SoFla Live. Facebook, The Defoe Show with Luby. YouTube, South Florida Live. YouTube. The Default Show with Luby. Uh, we have a lot working here, and I appreciate you all finding us here. And each and every day after hours with Default and Luby, tonight is the NBA Finals, Game 6. Uh, I said the Warriors at the beginning of the series in 6, right? So, to me, why would they change? They, Steph Curry played like garbage. Draymond Green was better but not great. Clay was better but not great. Andrew Wiggins was great. The Celtics were turnover prone. But the, the Warriors as a whole didn't play great, and the Warriors won by double digits. So, to me... Going back to Boston, it's not great, but this team's won three titles uh, in eight years. They're going for their fourth title in eight years. They've been to six finals. To me, they, going on the road doesn't hurt this team. They've already won in Boston. Yes, they haven't played consistent, but we finally have seen the Celtics lose back-to-back games. We've finally seen the Warriors in this series win back-to-back games. We've seen the Warriors win without Steph, which we had not seen in this series yet. So to me, it, it sort of feels like the Warriors will continue what they've done and move forward and win tonight. I don't think it'll be, it'll be, look, the series, the games have been not great, but been contentious for the most part. You know, like, yeah, in the end, they may have been double-digit victories, but for the most part, you don't know who's going to win the game until the end. So to, I take that as contentious. I think that's going to continue tonight. I mean, a guy like me who can't stand the, the Celtics is rooting and pick the Warriors won't make me happy to have a contentious, but it should be back and forth, I feel like. I just think in the end, the Warriors going for that fourth title in eight years going to maybe cap off this dynasty because, again, there is some moving parts when you look at a Clay Thompson who's, I think, up for a contract. Wiggins is up for a contract. Draymond, who has shown himself to have fallen off a cliff when it comes to, really, his skill and his talent and his play. Who knows? This team, I don't think, is done because you have uh, a Wiseman coming. You have Kaminga. You have Jordan Poole. You do, they have inserted some young guys that look like they can take another step and the old guys can still play. But I don't know if this is going to continue for the Warriors. So I've said that from the beginning of the series, and I still feel it now. They, this is the moment for them to go and really cement themselves with the Lakers of the 80s, with the Bulls of the 90s, with put them ahead. They're already ahead of the, the Miami Heat, but really put them into that place where only like the Celtics of the 60s. There's only a, I mean, they're already ahead of a Pistons. Like they, they would put them in a class. They're already sort of there, but this entrenches them as one of the all-time dynasties ever. And I think they really... Take advantage of that tonight. The U.S. Open has started. We thought it might be contentious because you have the Live Tour guys and the PGA Tour guys. No, that's actually not the case. It has not been contentious at all. Phil got, like, standing O's. I, I, I don't understand that, actually. I'm not saying you have to boo him, but I don't get showing him, like, whether you agree or don't agree, it doesn't matter. Whatever he did, it wasn't, like, anything special. He took a lot of money to sort of be a traitor. He took a lot of money to support a country that's been very clear in how they treat people. And it's, it's bad. So, I mean, I, I, I you don't want to boo fine, but I don't get the cheering him. But we thought there'd be boos. There hasn't been. They There has been either quiet 
like golf is, or there's been support for these golfers. We'll see if that continues this weekend with the U.S. Open. Stanley Cup Finals got started last night. Uh, war, as you'd expect, the Lightning, the back-to-back champions, third straight appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Avalanche were dominant in the 90s, early 2000s, sort of went away the last two decades, but are back, have been the dominant team the entire season, including playoffs. 3-3 into overtime. It was 3-1 Avalanche. Lightning fought back, as they do, tied it up before overtime. It goes to overtime. Avalanche winning overtime 4-3. We'll see how that series shakes out. So much more again. Those who have been viewing on South Florida Live, appreciate it. Those who are listening to After Hours with Defo and Luby on the Believe Network, check us out each and every morning again, 7 to 9 Live. Google the Defo Show with Luby. Google South Florida Live. Facebook at SoFly Live. We also do South Florida content, the Five Reasons Sports Network, and right here each and every day. After Hours with Defo and Luby on the Believe Network. Like Defoe always likes to say, whether you're Celtics and you're trying to stay in that series, whether you're the Warriors and you're looking to close it out, whether you're the Lightning and you fought back but fell, if you're the Avalanche who gave up a lead, went on to win, whoever you are, sports, travel, if you're someone who loves to travel, someone who's trying to get into travel, someone who can't stand traveling, you got to believe. Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks, hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.